everyone. Welcome to the pod. My name is Paige. And I'm Emily. And we're both Charlie Swan about to pop a freaking blood vessel while Bella is in the forest with her two boyfriends. And this is Tuesdays After Twilight. The last new moon episode. Can you describe what I'm doing to the viewers right now? Um, Emily has her hands together like a dolphin and is moving them back and forth also like a dolphin. It's kind of like a weird dance. Listen, I'm going to keep it real. New Moon's not my favorite. I know we've been kind of negative during this book, and that's because I don't like it. (laughs) It's funny because Millie told me that she was excited for me to read New Moon going into it because she didn't really like Twilight that much. She was excited that New Moon was... I think also she knew that we had read Twilight and then Midnight Sun back-to-back, so I think that she was just excited that it was a new story. But I was... I had high hopes you know yeah how do you feel about the book as a whole now that you finished it so how's your day going Emily (laughs) I feel like it speaks volumes that I didn't really did I read any of it aloud oh yeah the Laurent chapter but other than that it's just kind of me you know yeah there were there were some highlights and there were also some lowlights it's a hair salon up in this bitch. <laughs> I would I would say this book is the hair salon equivalent to Reverse Mohawk. I would say that this book is the hair salon equivalent to the hair museum. And that's a callback for those of you who have been here. <laughs> oh, geez, Louise. Um, yeah, well, how's your day going? <laughs> um, it's fine. We're recording on a Monday, so it feels very wacky. Because Mondays are not for Twilight, but we're making it work. New Moon is for Mondays. I don't like it. (laughs) Also, it's the very last chapter, and it's the only one we've done on a Monday, so. Yeah, you can need to workshop that one. (laughs) How's your day going? Oh, it's going great. Um, I have a beard hair coming in. I don't know if any of the listeners who don't normally grow regular facial hair experience this at all. But I have a surprising amount of chin and beard hairs that come in that I have to tweeze. And when I say beard hairs, I mean it. They are very clearly a different color and texture than my regular, like, face, arm, leg hair. They are black. I'm So I am a white person. I have brown hair, but I'm very pale. So my, like, my arm and leg hair and, you know, like my peach fuzz, it's very pale, blonde. These hairs that come in are black and they're coarse. They're clearly beard hairs. And I have one coming in. I got to tweeze it. Paige, I got to admit, I'm frightened. I feel like you should get that looked at. I've actually, I've looked into it and the internet says I might have a thyroid condition. Bruh. (laughs) But the internet also said, um, like be on the lookout for other symptoms. And I get my thyroid checked out whenever I go to the endocrinologist and my numbers have been normal. So, I mean, it's mostly just annoying. It's not really affecting much else in my life besides I can see them. Okay. Do you have anything pleasant that's going on? Or- <laughs> um, <laughs> I, um... I fit, I took all my finals last week. So what day was it? Saturday I took my last final of the semester. 
Um, we're not going to talk about how it went, but I finished the class with an A, so that's good. Yeet. So now it's Christmas break, baby. Another semester down. How many more do you got left? I always I ask you this like probably once a month. Just one. Holy shit, bro. That's wild. Yeah. And over Christmas break, I'm supposed to get Cana certified, which is Cremation Association of North America. So this is like actually for work. They're pay they're paying for me to get crematory operator certified. So I'll have like a, a like a certificate of I can do this, even though I've been cremating people for some time. I mean, it's not illegal. It's not like it's not like you can't. You just have a certificate saying I took the class and I know what I'm doing. Right. Yeah, that's cool. I'm glad they're paying for it. I'm really trying to think of something interesting that's going on with me. Um, the big two six is coming up. Uh, that's kind of exciting, I guess. <laughs> is it Capricorn season yet or is it on the 23rd that it becomes Capricorn season? Why did I think it was the 21st? Maybe it's the 21st. It's like, it's one, it's either the 22nd, the 21st. Wait, why did I say it like that? It's either the 21st, the 22nd, or the 23rd. Yeah. Honestly, Paige, if it was cap season, you would know it. Let me just put it that way, because we bitches come out. <laughs> I, I feel like I saw a TikTok video of all Capricorn things, and... That's why I texted you the other night um, asking what Jacob's sign was because it was a video of all the Capricorn doing things with all different signs, but there wasn't one with cancer. So I was like, I won't send it, but it's still funny. So maybe I will send it. So yeah, you should send it. I want to see it. Um, it's very funny to me because it's like business bitch, no time for anything. And then like the most emotional side. <laughs> Is Capricorn a air sign? By Earth. 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 Earth? Let me let me verify. I'm pretty sure it's Earth. Taurus and Virgo are definitely Earth. But I don't know what the last one is. Yeah, Earth. Nice. I don't know what that means. I'm not that into astrology. Now, if you're really into, I guess you just said you don't, you're not really that into it. Never mind. <laughs> it's not that I'm not into it. I just don't. I saw this tweet once that was so accurate. It was like, the fashion world intrigues me, but I have enough on my plate. That's exactly how I feel about astrology. It intrigues me, but I have too much on my plate to really get in. That's how I feel about crystals. Today at work, uh, two of my coworkers were talking about crystals and getting crystals for um, their family and friends for Christmas and writing notes about like what the crystal does and what it's called. And... One of my coworkers had a bunch on her desk and the other coworker was like, oh, that's Shejwalite, that's Crystallamite, that's Nezkamite or something like that. That's Yosemite, that's Vegemite. I like, I don't know. But just the, fact <laughs> it's just the fact that she knew what they were just like two of them looked very similar, but she and they had similar names, but she knew the difference. Again. I don't have the time. It's interesting, but I have too much on my plate. Huh. That's fair. Yeah, I know nothing, absolutely nothing about crystals. Um, Another interesting thing about me is that me and friend of the pod, Remy, are watching the show called Midnight Mass right now. And listeners, 
this is not sarcasm. I would not recommend this show to my worst enemy. <laughs> it is so bad. You keep thinking it can't get worse, and then it does. It is insane how bad it is. Are you saying bad in, like, a production, like, the quality is bad, the story's bad, or is it bad, like, the content itself is unbearable? The content is unbearable. The actors are doing great. But the script is, and the and the what's happening is, there's just new levels of horrible. Every time we watch it, we only have one episode left, and I'm so relieved. Are you sure it's not, they weren't saving the worst for last? I mean, at least it'll be over in an hour of my life, you know? That's a good point. Speaking of bad things... <laughs> kidding i'm just kidding we should cover the last chapter and epilogue of new moon what'd you think of these page <sighs> okay what are my thoughts i if you ask me page what do you think the conclusion of this book is gonna be where do you what what sort of cliffhanger-esque thing is gonna cliffhang off this book like, the last book, we kind of knew that Edward was going to... Wait, no, that was Midnight Sun. It seemed like the ending of Twilight just seemed a little ominous, I guess. Like, I don't know. And Midnight Sun also made it feel very ominous. Like, you knew something bad was going to happen in New Moon. If I would have never guessed, guess what? Edward's fucking proposing to Bella. That shit. I was just like, why? Why? We're still in high school. I mean, Edward, I know you're 117 years old, but Bella's still in high school. This is not this is not the time nor the place. Also, when I predicted last week that the no's were going to outweigh the yeses in the voting, I kind of forgot that the alternative to voting yes is Bella dies. So I like once I realized like, oh yeah, Cullens actually like Bella, like, obviously they would vote yes. Like, once I started reading that everyone was voting yes except Rosalie, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, Esme and Carlisle really like Bella, and also they love Edward and want, like, what's best for him, too, so obviously they would vote yes. I felt silly. Um, That's okay, though. And then, again, we're left with a huge cliffhanger, and also... Ending the book with Bella's priorities still not in the right place. She literally ends the book saying, like, everything is kind of falling apart right now. Like, the worst possible things are happening. Like, you know, my two boyfriends hate each other. And, you know, if I get changed into a vampire, then one of my boyfriends is going to try to kill me and my family. Or the Volturi is going to try and kill me. I don't really know. But then she's like, but... I have my destiny by my side, so everything's gonna be okay. Bella, that's not what's important. You just listen to a million things that are more important than that. I I just want some relief. That's all I want. Good luck with that. <laughs> you know, I make the little video clips that we post on social media, and they're almost always you because you just sum things up so perfectly, and it really makes my job easy. <laughs> um. Here's what I will say. You shouldn't feel silly about the voting thing because Edward does offer them like a alternative about like hiding Bella or whatever the fuck he says. Some bullshit. 
And I, I do have an issue with his with his suggestion. We can get to it once it comes up. But I was thinking about it and I was like, I can very easily get around this. I can very easily mentally figure out what to do. I'm not even a vampire and my brain has already figured out a solution. Yeah, I was going to say, and you're not like 3,000 years old or whatever the fuck. Okay. I feel like the title of my autobiography would be whatever the fuck because I say way too much. I also have a new theory as to why some powers work on Bella and some don't, vampire-wise. Okay. Um, I still think that my original theory could be true. And my new theory kind of is on the same wavelength. But I feel like all the powers that are not effective on Bella are ones that are specifically used at her. Like ones that are for her specifically. Like Jane trying to inflict violence or pain on her. Edward trying to read her mind. Arrow trying to read her mind. And then Dimitri, in theory, trying to trace her. Whereas Alice's visions are kind of just everyone. And um, Jasper, also his emotions affect everyone in the room, you know? So maybe it's things that are pointed at an individual person versus like just kind of in the air sort of powers that affect everyone around. Okay. All right. I can dig it. Shall we? Yeah. Okay. So the last last chapter that we read left off with Bella saying my mortality and putting it to a vote. I don't even know why Stephanie bothered to divide these two chapters because it literally just starts right there. Um, And Edward agrees to take Bella to the house. And I just really think it's surprising that she got over her fear of the running like this quickly. She says like it's she says that she feels dumb that she used to be afraid of it. Also, in my mind, I never thought that she was afraid of it. I thought that it physically made her ill. Like that made sense to me. You know, a human who has no superpowers whatsoever wouldn't their bodies would not be able to physically handle going that fast. Like you see when astronauts go through training, a lot of people get sick or even people just on roller coasters and stuff get sick. I always thought that she just like physically couldn't handle like the movement and the speed of it. Yeah, I kind of thought that as well, but apparently not. Okay. I guess you can overlook a lot when you're in the deepest form of love. I think it's really just laziness on the part of the writer. <laughs> I, You know, there can be multiple truths. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Okay. So when they get there, Bella is just explaining to Edward that she doesn't trust herself to, like, keep him around. Very not toxic way to think. <sighs> And Edward is basically saying, like, time will be the only way to convince her that he's going to stay by her side. But he seems really sad. So Bella tries to change the subject by being like, can I have my stuff back? And this motherfucker tore up the floorboards like the telltale heart and put that shit in there. That's what I thought, too. And then I was like, is is this telltale heart where, like, the stuff's under her floorboards and then... He's literally in her fucking head. I mean, she she talks about that that's kind of like 
where it's coming from, but it was very telltale heart to me where it's like under her floorboards. And then also Edward's in her ear, like, Hey bitch, don't do that. Hey bitch, you don't, Bella, you better stop it. Stop it right now. You know how Edward sounds. (laughs) I was going to say that's an interesting tone. (laughs) What did you think about him leaving the stuff there? I mean, you kind of just said, but like, I mean, you didn't need to dismantle her house to do it. You could have just put it like under your floorboards and your house. I'm really wondering how he did it. Like, did he rip it up, put the stuff in there and then like re-nail it? Like I, I'm trying to picture Edward with nails. <laughs> he probably used his fists, his stone skin hammering the nails in, you know? I guess, but even then he still had to get nails. Look, we we literally just established that it's probably laziness on the part of the writer. I just like to picture Edward in line at Home Depot buying a box of nails. That's my prerogative. Also, I bet he could find a place in the house. I mean, Bella didn't do anything for like three months. He literally could have just put them under Charlie's bed. And it would have been fine. Or her bed, honestly. <sighs> yeah. Okay. So Bella takes this as an opportunity to tell Edward about how she was hearing his voice while he was gone. And then while doing it, she says she has what she calls an epiphany um, because she had originally thought that either she was hearing voices because she was insane or just because she really missed Edward. And now she thinks it's because she knew that he loved her all along. I just wrote seems fake, but okay. Yeah, whatever you got to tell yourself, sweaty. Listen, I've had epiphanies and they're actually correct. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm just like, we spent a whole book of you talking about how he didn't love you and also you not even confronting that idea in the first place despite the fact that you knew it and I mean granted it wasn't true but we wasted like what what are we at 500 pages we wasted 500 pages for for that I I just don't I don't know if I believe it I agree here's what I will say though if it means I can stop reading like teenage angst of he doesn't really love me then I'm fine with it if we can just like bop past that thank you yeah I was gonna I did kind of get the feeling that this might be a turning point in both of their self-deprecation towards each other in regards or to themselves in regards to one another like it seems like Edward is like yes I love you so much like he's very vocal about it and Bella's now like yes like he loved me he loved me I just are they gonna stop with the you I don't deserve you I'm a monster I don't deserve you I'm plain are we done with that only time will tell so that's a no I honestly don't remember (laughs) oh okay Okay, so this whole time they have been at his house, like, by the river. But here's the thing. I'm like, this whole family heard that conversation, for sure. Like, why do you all have to have it there? Because then you knew they could hear you. Yeah, I 
I also love like we're skipping forward a little bit. Um, but when they come in, Edward has to call for everyone as if they didn't know that you guys were coming. It like obviously Alice told everyone, and also you were probably very loud. And Bella smells like like hot dogs. I she's you know they knew. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. The weirdest thing about this, you weren't skipping ahead. That's where I was gonna go next. The weirdest thing about this bottom of page five twenty nine, it's almost like Bella's doing a little bit of exposition here because she's kind of like reintroducing the idea of the Coltons to the reader, which. We're on page 529, sweaty. We don't need it. But can we talk about, I'd never seen the Colons use the dining room table before. It was just a prop. They didn't eat in the house. No shit, they don't eat in the house. Why would, what are they going to eat in the house? Are they going to bring a BS deer in and just eat it on the white carpet? Yeah, I feel like she could have just ended the sentence with like, talking about how the dining room table is a prop. The reader would have 100% understood what was going on. Stephanie really thinks we're, we're dumber than we look. Before we continue on to inside the Cullen's house, I just want to read this paragraph. And I want to say, enjoy this moment while it lasts. Me actually happy with Edward and Stephanie combined. I'm going okay. to read it. Okay. It's in the sort of the top middle of page 528. It's Edward talking about kind of, confront or uh, bringing up Bella's hallucinations and also himself surviving you at least made an effort you got up in the morning tried to be normal for Charlie followed the pattern of your life when I wasn't actively tracking I was totally useless I couldn't be around my family I couldn't be around anyone I'm embarrassed to admit that I more or less curled up into a ball and let the misery have me he grinned sheepish I was much more pathetic than hearing voices and of course you know I do that too. And I just feel like you don't see men depicted having depression and being like, first of all, having it. Second of all, openly admitting it to themselves and others, their significant other or just others in general. So I th just thought it was nice that one, Edward was willing to be open about that and honest with himself. And two, that Stephanie even included it in the first place. Super good point. And I'm glad that you pointed it out because especially even like back then, I think we'd probably made a few gains in the toxic masculinity in our media since this book came out. But yeah, definitely still a long way to go. So good point. Yeah. And from people that I've talked to and people that we've interviewed on the pod, i.e. the two people who are men, um, there were male readers of this book, so getting to see a character that's supposed to be strong and hype, I don't even want to say he's hyper-masculine, but like there are some masculine stereotypes that Edward Cullen portrays, and to have a character like that just very openly admit that he's experiencing these things and, you know, that he's confronting that is, I feel like it was probably good for some people to read that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I agree. Okay. So they all gather around the table, aforementioned table, to vote. And yeah, Paige has kind of already summed up what happens here. But before they start voting, Bella kind of gives a little intro about how, like, now her problems involve all of them. And she's sorry about that. But she will go to the Volturi herself if they don't want to change her 
know amongst themselves. And then um, Edward adds his little piece about how he his plan, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this page, is that so he thinks Dimitri, who the Volatari uses to track everyone, will not be able to track Bella because his power wouldn't work on her. So he thinks that if the Volturi would come to check on Bella to see if she would still was still human, Alice would foresee it, then Edward could hide Bella, and then they could like fight him and Emmett could fight Dimitri or whatever. Proceed with your thoughts. So why wouldn't okay, let's just say hypothetically that Edward takes Bella and hides her in a place and then comes back and is with the Collins. They show up at the Collins and they're like, whoa, we can't find her. Where is she? What would stop Arrow from just touching one of them and finding out where she is? I I like I I feel like the powers that the Volturi have would other than Dimitri's would allow them to see where she is. They could touch Alice or he could touch Alice and see her visions of where Bella's at. He could touch Edward and see where he put her. I you know this math ain't mathin. <laughs> It's just like the calculations are not adding up for me. And, you know, I guess in theory, Bella could just go to an unknown location. But again, Alice will be able to have visions about it. So I I just don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> it don't make no sense. It's just not. And also it's hard for me to picture... Like, in Twilight, it was so hard for Edward to let Alice and Jasper take Bella without him. I feel like now he will not allow it. Absolutely not. Edward is on his own bullshit now. So I I just can't see him not going with her and protecting her and then them being able to track him. I just, I don't understand. Yeah, and like, good luck against Jane, buddy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and that was another thing. I was like, okay, well, what if, what if, you know, you're assuming that Arrow is able to touch them? What if there's a huge fight and, you know, they don't let Arrow touch him? I'm like, he's fucking Jane. He'll just, she'll just decimate someone and then he'll just go and touch them. You know? Yep. And who knows what all the other ones can do, so. It's almost like. They crafted this group around themselves for this sort of purpose. I, I I like that Edward was, he was really using his brain, but I'm using my brain too. And I'm, I'm finding some holes in this boat and the water is coming up. This is a boat made out of Swiss cheese. This is a boat made out of tissue paper. Okay. So, as Bella says, um, Edward has offered an alternative for you to consider. Let's vote. So she goes around the table. Um, Edward obviously votes no. Alice says yes. Jasper says yes. And Bella is a little surprised. Are you? Were you surprised? No. I figured Jasper would vote whatever Alice votes. True. 
She's got him whipped. Next is Rosalie, and she says no. And she says, let me explain. I don't mean that I have any aversion to you as a sister. It's just that this is not the life I would have chosen for myself. I wish there had been someone there to vote no for me, which I thought was very sad and very poignant. I I I felt like that's what she was getting at before she even said it. Like when she voted no, I did not think that there was animosity with that vote. And then she immediately explained herself. So yeah, I, I agree that I thought it was a, a very nice touch. And uh, I mean, her it checks out with her character. Yeah. I Like I really thought that she was going to vote no for that reason. Yeah, it was genuine. Mm-hmm. So then she gets to Emmett and he said he votes hell yes, we can find some other way to pick a fight with this Dimitri. Esme says yes, and then Carlisle is afraid to piss Edward off, but he's voting yes. He makes a very valid point, which to me is more of an indicator of why they would all vote yes than like you saying Bella's gonna die if they don't. To me, it's like Edward's gonna die if they don't. That's really what they care about, you know? Yeah, and when I I added that little thing towards the end of that whole statement I made that they love Edward so much that they would want, they would want that for him because obviously like he was already talking about when Bella died, like if she never got turned and she dies, that he was just going to kill himself or he was going to, I'm going to follow shortly after. So like they obviously don't want that. They're his parents and they love him. Right. Yeah. To Carlisle, it's black and white. He's like, it's the only way that makes sense. So then very maturely, Edward storms out of the room and breaks something. I'm sure it's like an expensive artifact from the 1700s or something because he's an asshole and they're colonizers. So then Bella, once again, she's always pulling this dumb shit. She's like, so where, where are we, where are we going to do this? And everybody, literally everyone is like, um, what? I haven't even had my coffee yet. Like, what the fuck? like why so many times she's she goes out of her way she's she cares so much about charlie and renee she she loves them so much she wants them to be safe she doesn't want someone has to protect charlie from victoria but then also is like i haven't said goodbye to him at all i haven't thought of a plan of this at all let's just do it right now let's just do it let's just do it yeah, Edward makes a very good point about how, like, if they did it, then Charlie would show up, like, with the cops in an hour or whatever, because this poor man has gone through a lot, and then waking up to see Bella gone, oof. Like, like I'm picturing Bella would have to, they would ha- all have to disappear. They would all have to go to, like, a different continent or something, basically. And then Charlie and Renee, but mostly Charlie, would have to live with, like, thinking that their daughter is missing or kidnapped or dead for the rest of their lives. That's horrible. I mean, if you think about it, they're going to have to think that no matter what. Let's move on. (laughs) Okay, I guess we'll talk about that later. Um, Okay. So what the good that comes out of this, I guess Alice is kind of taken out of the equation now because Alice is basically saying, like, I'm not ready. And then Carlisle promises Bella that um, he will do it after 
she graduates from high school. So that is that on that. So then her and Edward go back to her house. And when they get back, Edward, Bella can tell Edward is planning something. And he ends up asking her, like, if you could have anything in the world, anything at all, what would it be? And Bella ends up saying, I would want you to be the one to change me into a vampire. Why do you think it matters so much to her? Like, do, it, is she getting off on it? Does she think it's sexy? Like, what's the driver? I 100% think she's getting off on it. Like, it's the most close that the two of them can be together without having sex. Like, it, it is sensual and, like, physical love. And when she turns into a vampire, if it's Edward, it forever bonds the two of them. Does it? <laughs> I mean, she and him will both know forever that Edward is the one to do it. If things don't work out, you can't forget that for eternity. Yeah, I guess, but does that mean everyone's sexually attracted to Carlisle? No, but this is a different situation. Okay. I mean, everyone has a relationship with Carlisle who did change them, but the relationship was dictated by I guess what came afterwards. None of them, except sort of question mark Esme, had a relationship with Carlisle before, so they fell into the place that made sense. Whereas Bella already has a relationship with Edward. So like the physicalness of it for me would solidify their love and relationship and all that. Okay, that's fair. I'll give you that one grudgingly so edward starts trying to negotiate with bella to to get what he wants so that um he will be the one to change her so he's trying at first to negotiate for time he says five years and bella says no then he says three years and she says no and she sets the limit at one year and then out of fucking nowhere he says all right, forget time limits. If you want me to be the one, then you'll just have to meet one condition. Marry me first. <laughs> what the fuck, actually? What the fuck? But I also, I mean, it makes sense. The explanation does make sense. I was not expecting Bella to have the pushback that she did. Like, I... When she kind of explained herself, I'm like, okay, yeah, that that makes sense. But for how infatuated and obsessed with Edward she is, I was kind of anticipating her being like, what? He wants to marry me? I just feel so young. I mean, but I'm so in love with him. Yes. Like, I that was what I was anticipating. To, so to see her be like, uh, no, I, I don't know about that quite yet. I was actually genuinely surprised. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. I'm kind of glad she did, because it would just be more cheese and corn if she had just done the, the alternative. Oh, yeah. I think I I think it fits better with her character. I like, I like that she did that. Yeah, definitely. And she basically cites Renee, because Renee has very strong opinions about, like, getting married young. But I don't really think 
I think that's an element of it, but I also think Bella, like, as much as she doesn't want to admit it, she wants to fit in, she doesn't want people to talk about her at school, like, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I can list a couple people that I knew in high school that got married very quickly after high school, but it was after high school. Yeah. And it was Goss, wasn't it? Even though it was after high school. Oh, yeah. I mean, one of them that I can think of specifically, she was the girl was in my study hall class when I was a junior and she was a senior and her boyfriend at the time was already graduated. And we would joke all the time that as soon as she graduated that he was going to propose to her and she was like, no. And then he did like two months after after like in September or October of her freshman year of college, he did. So like yeah, it was hot goss. We were we were gossiping about it before it even happened with her. <laughs> yep, so true. Okay, so anyways, Bella is trying to fight him on this. He's trying to do the whole dazzling thing, and then she yells about not getting her ring and wakes Charlie up. And Edward's like, "Oh, I better leave." This wow, this is really an indication of how healthy this is. Charlie's getting up. I'd better leave, Edward said with resignation. My heart stopped beating. Now, I'm not trying to, I'm, I, I just want to cite a very important source to me, very credible. Um, Miss Ariana Grande has released a song called NASA. It's about needing space and talking about, you know, I need some space. I, I'm, I can't miss you if we're always together. And the love is just going to be better if we spend a little time apart so that I can have time for myself and also miss being with you. Bella, I think we have some things to learn from Miss Grande. Absolutely. It wasn't out when this book came out, but I hope she's listening to it now. (laughs) Also, if you guys heard the really loud siren while Paige was talking a little bit ago, that was the police coming to arrest Bella. (laughs) A cab, but still. <laughs> this is disorderly conduct, if I've ever heard it. <laughs> causing a scene. Isn't there, like, a thing, like, causing a public disturbance or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Charlie comes in. Edward's very classily in the closet. And, you know, he basically is like, where have you been? Like, I was literally at my friend's funeral I come back and there's a note but there's no number I have no idea where you are you're gone for three fucking days all valid points Bella's super useful explanation is that Rosalie told Edward about Bella Cliff diving with Jacob which Charlie also didn't know about and that Edward thought Bella was trying to kill herself, so he wouldn't answer his phone. So Alice dragged her Bella to L.A. to explain in person. I'm like, that does not check out. Like, I can't believe Charlie even bought, like, a crumb of this. The police investigator of Forks, ladies and gentlemen. Literally. This, I know you always say this, this is the most unrealistic thing to me. So then... When Bella is kind of done with this story, or Charlie says, what's it to Edward Cullen anyway? All this time, he's just left you dangling without a word. And I'm like, once again, he's spilling tea. That's true. Yeah. So anyways, this conversation doesn't really go anywhere. Charlie says, like, 
I won't allow you to see him. He's not allowed in your life. And Bella's like, fine, I'll move out. Like, it, me and him are a package deal. Direct quote. So corny. Blech. But that's basically how it ends. Um, you know, she says, just think about it for a few days. And then basically kicks him out to go take a shower. Yuck. Yeah, I... Is Charlie ever going to get any relief in these books? Why do you ask me things that I can't answer? I just I just feel so bad for him all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Off topic, but does your book have a little, the first chapter of Eclipse in it as like a preview? It does not. No, mine does. I was just curious because I was like, ooh, it doesn't look like you have very, very many pages left. Um, Anyways. We'll see about Charlie. We will see how he deals with this next horrible player. To add a little bit of relief, I do just want to point out one thing that I wanted to bring up, but we skipped over it. On page 533, after Edward relays his plan about how they're going to elude Dimitri, all of both of his brothers are vibing with it. And Emmett, Emmett laughed and reached across the table toward his brother, extending a fist. Excellent plan, my brother, he said with enthusiasm. <laughs> I love that. Excellent plan, my brother. Such a white guy thing to say, too. <laughs> that's funny. So that's basically the end of this chapter. The last thing that happens is, you know, Edward makes a comment about vampirism and eternal damnation and Bella says I know for a fact you don't believe that because when you saw me in Volterra you thought that we had both gone to heaven you thought we were dead instead of knowing what was going on and that is not the reason that you thought why that he said Carlisle was right so what do you think about this development I was like I wanted to clap for Bella she owned Edward in this I was I that kind like the information itself I was like damn she's right like she's freaking right I didn't even think about that and yeah Edward you done goofed you you look silly you look like a fool how do you feel getting owned by your girlfriend like that now fiance (laughs) she hasn't agreed yet let's calm down Did you have anything from that chapter we didn't cover? No, the Emmett thing was the last thing that I wanted to talk about. (laughs) Okay, so then we have an epilogue, which should really just have been its own chapter because it's fucking long. But there's not a whole lot of content. Um, It's a lot of exposition about Bella saying that most of her life is back to normal, except she can't leave the house because she's grounded. This was very reminiscent to me of, like, the end of a movie starring... Uh, Amanda Bynes or Lindsay Lohan or um, Hilary Duff like somehow everything ended up working out and there's like a fun soundtrack playing in the background and it's like yeah all the all the great people in my life actually have good things going for them Angela's now head of the chess club my frenemy Jessica now has janitorial duty you know like it's like at the end of like a cinderella story where she's talking about how 
her stepmom and her stepsisters are all hecked up now and everything good is happening for her and her boyfriend got into the college that he wanted to and he's doing great and she sees him every weekend very reminiscent of something like that I just made up all that Angela and Jessica stuff to add some character some flavor but I also can see this exposition the soundtrack that's playing in the background while Bella is describing everything perfect um you hear uh, Dark Blue by Jack's Mannequin just slowly, quietly in the background playing, fading, or not fading, getting louder and louder as the credits start to roll, you know? Paige, you don't know, but you just, like, tapped into the fandom's psyche because Dark Blue, like, is a Twilight song. Not really, like, it wasn't written for that, but Stephanie Meyer was famous for having these playlists that, like, went along with the story, like, basically sketched out the storyline. And I think that one was in the Breaking Dawn playlist, but very a lot of people associate Dark Blue with Twilight. I'm deceased. <laughs> I love that song, though. Um, I'm pretty sure it was in my top 10 in the year of our Lord 2021 Spotify. <laughs> it's a really good song. I I kind of sleep on it every now and then, and then I hear it again, and I'm like, Dark blue, dark blue, have you ever been around in a You know, I just I get with it, you know? Yeah, totally, totally. But just, there was a soundtrack to this this exposition that I couldn't not hear. Yeah, totally. I wish that stuff with Jessica and Angela was true. Except nicer thing for Jessica, but that would make it more interesting. Well, apparently, Bella seems to not really care about her anymore so I just assume that Stephanie would write something negative yeah I mean that's a safe assumption to make I think I just was saying for me personally I would like Jessica to succeed yes, I agree so as Paige said everything's wrapping up great except her best friend who basically just pulled her out of a deep dark depression is now in a deep dark depression himself Bella keeps calling he keeps not answering and she's venting to Edward about it. And Edward is saying it's it's because we're natural enemies. Paige is giving me a big thumbs down. She's venting and she says this. It's just plain rude. I vented one Saturday afternoon when Edward picked me up from work. Being angry about things was easier than feeling guilty. Downright insulting. Girl, you want to talk about rude? You want to talk about insulting? Last chapter, you just said it would be easier to watch Victoria kill Jacob than it would be to kill Edward. You you just basically threw away, like, months of being this guy's best friend. You threw away all the work that him and his friends have been doing to keep you safe and are now dating his sworn enemy. That's insulting for him, personally. Once again, it's upsetting me and my homegirl. Mm-hmm. I'm the homegirl. <laughs> okay, so that day that she's venting to Edward, they get to her house, and her motorcycle is sitting in the driveway, and Charlie's car is also there, so she knows that Charlie has seen it. So basically, Jacob pulled this stunt because he thought that Bella wasn't coming up to La Push to see him because Edward wouldn't let her, but it's just because she's been grounded. And so he thought maybe if she, he got her grounded, then she couldn't hang out with Edward anymore. Honestly, not a great plan. 
Yeah, I it is very childish in my mind. Like, I can see where you thought it would be good, but it's it's not. Yeah, it's ill-informed. So they meet Jacob in the woods, and there's this... She, she does one last call back to Romeo and Juliet about the line about Romeo and Paris fighting. And I think Romeo ends up killing Paris. I don't really remember. Yeah, I think that's true. Because I think that... I mean, I might just be replacing my own memories. But I think that Romeo felt bad because Paris is like... Juliet's cousin, I want to say. And Juliet, like, really didn't care that much. Maybe she did. I don't remember. I just remember thinking, like, you could have had a bigger reaction to this, Juliet. So she's like Bella in more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, feel like that gif of, you know, the guy where he's, like, looking, he he's wearing a backwards hat. He's looking yes, down. Yes, I know that gif. It's, like, my favorite gif. I used it in a Twitter fight once and I won. <laughs> Okay, well, then I don't need to explain any farther. That's how I feel hearing that. You did a very good impression of that gift. That was good. Thank you. I mean, Bella is kind of worried about them fighting, I I should say. So they go back to the woods to talk with him. And, you know, Bella is just yelling at him, you know, how could you do that to me? How could you do it to Charlie? Did you want him to have a heart attack like Harry? And... That's when Edward reads Jacob's mind and explains to Bella his motivations for doing it. Then Edward, out of left field, says thank you to Jacob for keeping Bella alive and safe when he wasn't around. What do you think about that? I like that. I mean, it was I think it was big of Edward to say something kind to someone he has nothing but animosity towards in every single book that has involved both of them um, interacting in any way whatsoever. I got to cut you off there because remember in Midnight Sun when he was like, Jacob Black's mind is such a calming place to be. Do you remember that? Yeah, that's true. But I think that was before there was any relationship with him besides, like, I don't think he was even a werewolf at that time. He was just someone who was a Quileute. So like, I don't know if the hatred extends to everyone in the tribe or just the individuals who have the ability to transform. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, I just wanted to bring that back because at the time we were laughing like, ooh, you don't know what's coming. But yeah, I thought it was nice. And like, you know, he's he's right. Jacob did a lot of very positive things in this book. And he should be thanked since Bella doesn't seem to want to acknowledge that anymore, like to his face. And yeah, I'm glad that someone's saying it because I'm saying it over here. Paige is saying it. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Edward also says, if there's any ever anything in my power to do for you. And it's clear that Jacob's thought was like, leave Bella so that I can date her. And this is the funniest line in the whole book. When, you know, Edward says, not this, not this, to clarify, this is not the funniest line. But Edward says, I'm a quick learner, Jacob Black, and I don't make the same mistake twice. I'm here till she orders me away. And Bella, like, stares into his eyes and is like, never. Jacob made a gagging sound. I am dead. 
we are all Jacob in this moment. And also for all the moments. <laughs> so funny to me. Also at Jacob, did you not remember the past however however much time you just spent with Bella after Edward had left? How did that work out for you in the way that you wanted it to? I just don't know how Edward leaving again is going to get you the outcome that you want. I don't know. I feel like maybe he thinks that Bella's like more on the fence now than she was because like there was that whole thing right before they found out that Alice was in town where Bella was like about to kiss him maybe. You know, maybe he just thinks that he has more of a chance. I can see where he would think that, but in my mind, if Edward left a second time, I feel like Bella would be destroyed. Like after everything that's just happened, I just don't see her recovering from that again. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay, so then Jacob gets to the real reason why he's there. And he brings up the treaty between the Quileutes and the Colons. And he says that if a Colon bites a human, the truce is over. Bite, not kill. And Bella says that's none of your business. And it's clear Jacob thought it was just like a pretense that he was warning her on. Like she wasn't actually considering it. And so he gets very upset when he finds out that, you know, he just basically deduces from her saying that's none of your business, that it is a thing that's on the table. And he gets very upset. And there's kind of like a little fight brewing. And then Charlie, leave it to Charlie to save the day, yells from the house and says, you know, I could see your car. I know you're out there. Get inside right now. It's weird that he doesn't just come out like if he's that mad. Yeah, I'm afraid that he's afraid of what he's going to find. Okay, fair. <laughs> Gross. Okay, so then they briefly bring up Victoria. Um, while Bella was in Italy, they got really close to getting her. Um, but she, it looks like she caught Alice's scent and then she took off. So they haven't seen her since. So, yeah. Jacob is about to leave and he's obviously in a lot of pain. And he says that he misses Bella and she says me too. And she tries to go hug him and Edward restrains her from doing so. Thoughts on that? I, there have been a lot of things that I don't like about this book. The The one nice thing that Edward did this chapter got totally erased in my mind. Um, if a significant other bars you from having a friendship with someone because they don't like that person. And I mean, the relationship between the vampires and the Quileutes is more complex than that. But that is extremely toxic and abusive. You should not, no one should have to go through that. And you should not tolerate that. Not that it's someone's fault for allowing it, but that's just, that's a sign that if your significant other is doing that, mm, no. Kick them, put them in the garbage. Yeah, that's like a major, that's like all the list of like abusive relationships, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's, it's um like cutting, cutting off a person from their family and friends so that the only like tie to the outside world apart from themselves is the abuser. Dang. Um, yeah, and they also have no, like, no one to reach out to for help, you know? Yeah. 
Dang, that's sad. So this is all just coming to a head with Charlie still yelling. And we're basically where Paige brought us to at the beginning. Um, you know, Bella's basically listing out all of her problems. And yet she is super happy because Edward is here with his arms around her. I could face anything as long as that was true. And somehow that's the end of this book. Did you have anything we didn't cover? No. Okay, so predictions for Eclipse, the third book in this series. I guess. Okay, so an Eclipse is... I'm trying to think. Okay, so... I'm trying I'm trying to do like astrology math with what an eclipse means and what it could symbolize with with what's heating up. Um but I have nothing. I have no thoughts. My only thought is that so there's new moon and then there can be a lunar eclipse. So that maybe the moon that happened in new moon is being eclipsed by something else. So the, the Jacob thing may be being phased out and this new life with the Cullens is coming in, you know, but I think that the main conflict is going to be Victoria in this. Cause we're left on a cliffhanger in that um, at the end of this chapter or at the end of this chapter and this book. So I think that that's going to be a main thing. I guess the Volturi could also be a thing. Um, but I see that more of a major issue. And I could see it being more of a thing in Breaking Dawn. Um, but I mean, maybe it's opposite. Maybe this, maybe New Moon, or sorry, maybe Eclipse is going to be the Volturi. And then somehow Victoria like gets really powerful and is like the biggest villain in Breaking Dawn but in my mind I see the Volturi as this like royal family they have a lot of power so them being kind of like the final villain the big boss you know so I think that Eclipse is going to focus a lot around keeping Bella safe and also maybe the maybe Bella graduates in Eclipse I don't know maybe she does I'm going to say that she graduates in Eclipse, too. Okay, so if or when Victoria does come back, like, what do you think her tactic is going to be? Because so far it hasn't really worked for her, what she's been trying. Hmm, I think she's going to find some, maybe some help. Um, Whether that be, I mean, I guess it would have to be new characters because... We don't really know any other vampires besides the Volturi. So maybe she, like, oh, it would be super interesting if somehow she, like, had someone infiltrate, like, gain trust. But I don't I don't see how that would work with Edward's mind reading and Alice's visions. But it would be interesting to have, like, some kind of, like, recon and sneak attack. Or maybe, no, that wouldn't make sense. I was like, oh, maybe she'll get the werewolves to help. I'm like, no, that's not a thing. They've been trying to kill her the whole book. Um, I feel like there's obviously going to also be more werewolf and vampire conflict. Okay. All right. Sweet. Cool. Well, when y'all are hearing this, it's going to be 
the week of Christmas. So if you celebrate, we hope that you have a safe and happy Christmas. If you don't celebrate, we hope you have a safe and happy week. And if this time of year is hard for you, just know that we're thinking of you, sending love and good vibes your way. We are going to take a little break off as we do. And this is nice because normally we take a break for the holidays and we take a break between books. And so it lined up pretty well this time. So we'll have a blooper reel coming out next week from our recordings of New Moon. So keep an eye out for that. And then we will take a week with no episodes, no new episodes out. And we'll be back with the first episode of Eclipse on January 11th. So looking forward to it. Hope you all have a good couple weeks. Feel free to hit us up. Paige, tell them how they could do so. Okay, so hit us up um, on number one, Twitter. Hit us up on Twitter at Taft Pod. And we've said it once, we'll say it again. It is not about President Taft. It is about Twilight. Number two and three, you can hit us up on Tumblr and Instagram at Tuesdays Are for Twilight. Perfect for gifts, perfect for memes, perfect for messages. We love it. You can send us an email at Tuesdays Are for Twilight at gmail.com for any of your prose or long form notes um you can if you're so inclined donate to our patreon at to patreon.com slash tuesdays are for twilight and as always we highly recommend please check out the quillutes and their efforts to move their cultural land to higher ground it's a really i mean we we talk about it all the time but please don't forget it's so important and they need our support now more than ever so you can find out more and donate to them at www.mthg.org all right Paige what are you going to leave listeners with going into our little break don't let don't let your fears eclipse you you have dreams okay you see those dreams have those dreams be your new moon and soon your life will be breaking down on the twilight of forever two thumbs down <laughs> have a good holiday season y'all we'll see you in january for eclipse bye bye our amazing intro and outro music was performed by danny plowman and produced by alberto beltran you can follow danny at danimal6 and that's six the word not six the number danimal6 underscore on instagram 